Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Mark. Welcome to another episode of This Poor Pastor's Podcast as we are continuing our conversation today about habits. We're talking about why we create new habits and why people can't be happy about that sometimes when we do. And what do you do about that when it happens? So the resistance that we face when creating new habits, we're going to talk about that today on this episode of This Poor Pastor's Podcast. I hope you will stay tuned. I'll be back in just one moment with today's content. Thank you for listening. You know, change continues to be one of the hardest things that has ever been attempted by any human being anywhere. Change is incredibly difficult. And change for the better. Now, it doesn't seem that change for the worse is good, but change for the better is incredibly hard. I think I might have mentioned it before, but honestly, I can't remember. I'm doing one of these episodes every single day. But I have a lot of conversations with people who want to know why things have to be so difficult when they start making good changes. Um, And the question, the answer to that is, I don't know. I just know that they are. I know that the universe, that life, that the enemy, that our own bodies uh, don't want to just cooperate when a habit of that is unhealthy or unproductive has been allowed to take root and take hold in our life, which is a good reason to be careful about the things we allow to take root in our life because it's always easier. As hard as it is to start a new habit, it is harder to undo an old habit. Very hard. Some uh, experts would even say that it's impossible to undo an old habit. You can only replace it with a new habit that can countermand the old habit. Um, You might think of like the law of the Medes and the Persians. If we thought of habits like the laws of Medes and Persians, that once a habit was written into our programming, it was impossible to undo, but you could write a law that could counterman it or balance it out. And I don't know if I'm completely sold on the idea that habits are forever, but I do know based in my own life and the life of people that I try to help that undoing old habits is, is basically impossible without replacing it with a different habit. And so I think that that's worth taking into taking precautions before you go down a road, before you open up that website, before you, uh, you know, do that action that could become habitual. If you find yourself, for example, lying more often than you should, which, you know, well, that's never right, Mark. Right. But I mean, if you find yourself um, lying in small things, like uh, somebody asks you a question at a store and you just lie, you just make up an answer. I had someone talk, talk to me like that one time. Like, I just lie about stuff. I don't even know why. Like, I don't even need to. Like Kirk from the New Heart series back in the 80s. Do you remember Kirk? Nobody liked him, but he was a powerful character because the guy was a compulsive liar. He just, nothing he said was ever true. And, it, and he didn't even need to lie, but he just did it, and he, quote, couldn't stop. Well, that's, that's, if you find yourself telling little lies, stop it before it becomes a habit. Truthfully, by the time you notice it, it's probably already become a habit. But stop it, uh, it in the beginning because forming new habits to counterman old habits is 
very, very difficult. I would rather start a new habit that is not designed to counterman a bad habit uh, than to start a new habit that is designed to counterman a bad habit because it's just that much more difficult. But that's why, but what is it that happens when we try to dig ourselves out of a hole of habitual action or habitual consequences or consequences because of our habits? What is this resistance that we feel? Well, it's the same resistance that a creative person feels when they sit down to create. It's the same it's the same resistance that a singer feels before they before they open their mouth to sing. It's this fear that I'm going to fail, it's this fear that nobody will care, it's this fear that what I'm doing isn't good enough, and if we have failed in the past or if we have some mindsets and some stories that we tell ourselves, that resistance can become very very strong. And when you start to form a new habit, resistance can take place in several ways. Ways. One is the internal dialogue that says, I'm going to fail if I attempt this new habit. And no amount of quoting, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me, is going to help you overcome that resistance. It's a good verse, and you should meditate on it, and most importantly, figure out what Paul meant by that. But the, the truth of the matter is that resistance is always going to be a part of what we do when we attempt to build new habits and forge new paths. That is why it is so difficult and why so many people fail because the majority of times when we fail at creating a new habit or, or starting down a new path, the majority of the reasons we do is because of the level of internal resistance we experience, in some cases within our own selves. And if you manage to overcome your own internal resistance, you will face resistance from the external uh, parts of your life, like friends and family. I don't know why it is, but friends and family are usually the people, while they can also be the most supportive, they often tend to be the most unsupportive, and in some cases, the most critical. Even Jesus said that a prophet is not without honor, save in his own country, and in his own city, and in his own house, among his own family. The closer somebody knows you, the better somebody knows you, the harder it is for them to support you. And I don't know why it has to be that way. It just is. I mean, I'm sure there's a whole conversation you could have about why that might be. But remember, even Jesus Christ, who walked in perfect obedience to the Father for his entire life and grew in favor with God and man, couldn't even convince most of his siblings about who he was until after his resurrection. And there was obvious animosity there. Even his own mother, who knew the miraculous nature of his birth, had trouble sometimes with the path that he chose and the actions that he was taking. So certainly we can't expect for ourselves to be exempt or immune from that type of, of, that type of resistance. External resistance is a thing, and it's really, really hard to overcome. I think one of the biggest reasons that people externally from us um, give us resistance to new habits, even habits that are improving our life, are, well, I think there are several reasons. One, they might be concerned, um, especially like someone, you know, maybe you go to, maybe you're in a family that doesn't go to church and then one person starts to go to church all the time and they get really, really into going to church and reading their Bible and praying and the family might be concerned, like, whoa, they've joined a cult and so they push back a little bit. Anytime a habit or behavior pattern begins to alter you fundamentally in how other people view you, you can expect them to push back against that. They're going to be, in some cases, concerned. 
In other cases, they're going to be uncomfortable in in because your uh, self-improvement is is pointing out their lack of self-improvement in some cases. Noah was a preacher of righteousness, but as far as we know, he didn't preach any sermons. It was his actions that were, were preaching at the people around him. His preparation and obedience to God was a testimony against their disobedience. And so sometimes what, what we see by, by way of resistance is because people are uncomfortable. We're making them uncomfortable by the fact that we are trying to improve our own lives. And then in other cases, the, the, the third reason that we uh, receive uh, external resistance is because they are threatened, right? One, they're concerned. That's best case scenario. Two, they're uncomfortable personally. Three, they feel threatened. So when you start to uh, improve yourself, if you go to work, for example, and everybody around you is lazy and you're lazy, but then you start working hard and showing up on time, the, the boss immediately over you may feel threatened by you. I can remember experiencing this as an assistant pastor <clears throat> under the man that, uh, that gave me my first job, <clears throat> excuse me, as a pastor. He, um, he, he began to feel very threatened when I began to lean into my ministry role, just doing what he asked me to do. And people came and started um, coming to see me and building a relationship with me and speaking highly of me. And so as I began to grow, he began to be very threatened. And so people will feel threatened by your self-improvement because they may feel like if you continue to improve, you continue to excel, you may make them look bad and they're not worried about how they are. They don't necessarily see anything wrong with the way they are, but they are worried that your improvement is going to knock them off the pedestal. And so self-improvement and building good habits can bring resistance from that way. So there are four uh, ways that you can experience resistance when building habits. One is internally, and this can be because of fear uh, or because of, of uh, stories and mindsets that we tell ourselves. Uh, the second way is is on the external side of things. Someone can be concerned about you. Thirdly, they can be made uncomfortable by you. And fourthly, they can feel threatened by you. Now, what do you do when that happens? Well, you you reassess the decision that you're making. You reassess it. And if it is good and if it is right to the best of your knowledge, and if it will improve your overall health or your ability to love your family and to serve God and to um, keep you around for the for your for your kids and your grandkids and um, I don't know in any way that it improves you, whether it's health or spiritually wise or in your community standing, then you go forward and doing do it, trusting that God will help you along the way and that eventually the critics will fade into the background. The biggest treason one crab can uh, can perpetrate against another is by reaching for the rim of the bucket and other crabs will always reach up and pull you back and so if you continue to push against that resistance eventually those voices will fade i heard someone say recently go where you are celebrated all right we give too much emphasis to the people in our lives who are being critics and who are pushing back against us in the causes of those resistance look for the people that will celebrate your progress and encourage you and that's one of the ways that you can make sure that you go forward in this progress evil communications corrupt good manners um, if you walk with wise men you'll be wise the people that you hang around affect you and they they're making you into the person that you're becoming so if you're trying to improve find people that are improving man that's a mouthful 
golf ball. And I'm out of time today, so I will be back tomorrow with another episode on this topic, the topic of habits. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this. I have so much more I want to say. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this podcast. I want to say thank you so much to my friends who are supportive of the work that I'm doing here. So I'll see you tomorrow with another episode, Lord willing, and if the creek don't rise. Have a great day, everybody.